Hello, and welcome to What Goes Bump in the Night. Hello and welcome to What Goes Bump the Night. My name is Riley Clark and alongside me as always is... Trevor Jensen. And we are here, back together, once again. I'm alive. (laughs) (laughs) To talk about one of the most devastating days in the world, really. I was to say it's probably one of the most substantial losses of life outside of 9-11 and other big terrorist acts that I have come across in my whole time of researching things. Yes. This story involves one man who convinced many, many people to follow him to South America, from America, to eventually find their death. In what he called revolutionary suicide. And that man was Jim Jones. And this is the story of Jonestown and the People's Temple, which is in fucking sanity before we even dive into like all of the the info that we have written in front of us this was a cult which there have been many cults like it but this was one of those long like in the frameworks of like most cults cults will you can usually see their trajectory in a span of a couple of years where it's like year one the dude's kind of a piece of shit he's leading his people in a very uh, i want to say like off like putting way for everybody but this this call ended up like lasting i want to say like almost like eight nine years and they followed him from day one till day end which is insane to me because it's like usually they don't have this longevity and following somebody who just who's just preaching whatever he feels like and what separates him i think from a lot of cultists is his ability to convince people that not only that he was God or some extension of God, but that he was a basically a miracle worker and could cure things that were uncurable. I mean, he called himself a socialist God and he would say that the Christian God was just a sky God. Like he, he really had people just twisted around his fingers. It's insane. And like we'll we'll really dive into a lot of this stuff and like more like I have a lot of information on closer to their final days, but the whole story of Jim Jones' upbringing and his early work in the People's Temple is insane to me because he was really doing good things when they still lived in like Indiana and then they moved to San Francisco and then before they went to Guyana, like he was an influential member of like a lot of good things where he was he was going around when Martin Luther King died and like trying to be an activist for equality he was giving people jobs he was making people's lives better until he found the miracle drugs <laughs> and then he started spiraling into paranoia and some very very shady wife taking is really the best it seems like that. every cultist ends up like, they take wives. Just takes everyone's <laughs> wives from all of his male followers. But I mean, this all really started back in his childhood. Of course, every 
huge cultist leader, serial killer, or anything. It all starts in their childhood. Your childhood is such a foundation of your life and who you become in the future. And what's up, Jenna? And it really started when he was young because he came from a family that was struggling financially, mm-hmm. and I'm sure things weren't great at home. His dad was a World War One vet. Yeah, probably he, seen he was, some terrible things. He he was actually like borderline like crippled because he was hit with the gas that I don't remember what kind of gas they used back in the day. But his dad and his mom. Base his mom basically like did all the hard work because yeah, she her, her worked dad in a factory. was like as aspirated and couldn't do anything. Yeah, so she worked in a factory and was basically the breadwinner at the house. As we all know, veterans have never been paid well for their service, so she had to get the food and put it on the table. With that being said, that there's is nothing when... wrong with that either, though. No, there's nothing wrong with that. We're not saying there is. Not at all. But with that being said he started to find a more a better outlet to find positivity in his life i guess you could say Mm -hmm. and that was the church he became super fascinated with the bible and church and learning more about religion and this led him to go to multiple different churches in the area even like when he was a child he would go to like the like um what is it? Pentecostal churches. He would go to like the the African American churches and see what they were all about. He he would go to the Christian. He'd go to all different 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 churches and different sects of religion, and then see what they all had to offer. And then he, he that's where he started really crafting what he was going to do with his religion. And that's that's down the road though, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. I think everyone should take in multiple different like looks of religion throughout your life because they all tell great stories and there's multiple different ways to believe certain things and i i feel like you shouldn't be stuck to one you should be you total should, open, yeah you should open-minded. at least give the thought of i'm not going to be a closed-minded religious person here where it's like oh well i'm a, a hard stuck like christian like you know just a christian believer and then when somebody comes at you with like say like catholicism yeah and they're like hey this is what the catholicism like view on this is and it's like well you're wrong because this and that it's like no there is hinduism there's catholicism there's christianity there's buddhism there's all different ways to interpret it there's tons of different forms of judaism so i mean we could sit and debate religion for hours and hours and hours but that's, but not, that's not why we're here people we're here to talk about jim jones and jonestown and jonestown so i'll just read a little bit so like i'll give you a little quick sermon on his life and his lead up before they moved to guyana so james warren jones was born may 13 1931 he was an american cult leader political activist preacher faith leader and he led the People's Temple. The People's Temple was a new religious movement between 1955 and 1978 in what he called a revolutionary suicide. Jones and his inner circle orchestrated a mass murder-suicide in his remote jungle commune at Jonestown in Guyana on November 18, 1978. So like I was saying earlier, this cult was a long long run for what most cults usually like when they when they start being a cult or having 
their following, usually they implode within the first couple of years. This took a long time to actually come to fruition. So this is where it's really tragic, and we don't want to make light of it, but over 900 people died at the hands of Jim Jones. As a child, he developed an affinity for Pentecostalism and a desire to preach. This would lead him to attending many religious gatherings, like we just said, which would lead him to the follow- to him founding his own organization that would later lead to become the People's Temple. Jones would be influenced by Father Divine and the Peace Mission Movement, which the Peace Mission Movement was around the time of Martin Luther King, and that's that's what that was. So he was looking to like give everybody the equality that they were looking for at the time, which I don't want to say he was playing on on the hearts and emotions of people, but it it definitely it sounds seems he was like taking it. advantage of the situation that was at hand. I mean, we're still dealing with this particular thing in life now and i uh, sadly i don't think it will ever change but hopefully it can but people are constantly battling the the struggle of equality right we should Mm -hmm. all have an equal life we we all should and there's no reason that we shouldn't but again i think religion has to tie in with these types of things because there's so many different types of beliefs out there and people don't looking at them evenly all the time which is why we have the separation and inequality of state and church and state and church. And then like on top of that, like obviously race being a big thing and people looking at that negative mindedly when there's really no reason to look at it. You're just a different skin color and there's still people at the end of the day. He really played on that too, where he was telling a lot of his followers were African-Americans and he was telling them that, the at the beginning when he was getting ready people to move to Guyana he was like there's a nuclear war coming like you have to be cautious of that and yeah that was around like times of the red scare and things like that so like you know socialism and communism were really big threats for america but at the same time when he started shifting off that and he was like actually russia's pretty good we want to go to russia he started saying that the american government was going to round up all the african americans because of this movement and then put them in concentration camps I to me that's you're one hundred percent spinning it how you want it to work no, out. No, and favor. I feel like that's what he loved to do is that he loved to take our rational fears and spin them into some type of sick reality that wasn't actually a reality at all. It was only a reality in his mind because he knew if I get people to believe this, they're going to follow me into the depths of hell. Mm-hmm. So when the People's Temple was fully integrated into the congregation. Uh, he started promoting Christian socialism because he was a big socialism like activist at this point where he was like one for all and all for one which if you know what socialism is it's you give everything for the good of everyone in your community at that point so I mean like it's it's hard to say that when he was doing the good that he was doing that he wasn't helping people because he would take money from like Every everybody in the their like um what do you call it congregation, and then he would help. He would help the people that needed help. He would give shelter. He would give jobs. He was doing good things. But then in 1965s, he would set up a headquarters in San Francisco, and this is where he would become becomed. He would become heavily involved in political and char- charitable activity throughout the 1970s, and then he engaged in a communal lifestyle, which 
that's that's more more tied into the socialism and the communism part of everything where he's he's like all right now that we have this headquarters like let's do this and that and the other thing and this is where his life would start to get muddy i would probably say is the best way yeah, to say it yeah definitely things are starting to get muddy with the whole following and how he treated people and how he would basically like i said use fear to make them feel like they had to follow him there was no other option because well he'd probably kill you if you didn't he was basically controlling everybody's he, lives he Property, was known lives, to incomes. if people would go against him to put a gun in their face and or if they refused to work he would put a gun in their face and be like well the other option is death so with all that being said when he was in san francisco there was a bunch of negative publicity that was attached to him because they were saying that there was a lot of abuse and a lot of negative connotations that were attached to the people's temple at this time in san francisco and this is where he was like we need to get out before this gets any worse or lose all of our hard-earned congregation and everything that we worked for and i'm 90 percent positive it's not in my notes but i know I, I read this too he also right before they moved to guyana he was caught masturbating to a undercover police officer after he went and saw a movie in a movie theater and because he had so much political pull the judge dropped his case burned his police files and he was never charged with anything and this was all before he went to guyana and then murdered 900 people yeah there's always him. one chance you get one chance to put the bad man in you jail hook line and sinker and you fucking let him go you could have had one of the biggest catches of your fucking career and been like oh we avoided all this nope we fucked off we fucked off and let him just do what he wanted to because we don't want to deal with a weird slimy guy like him so in 1974 the georgetown georgetown <laughs> my head is totally spinning now it I, i'm still just like lost that the fact that this even happened jonestown commune in guyana in 1970 in 1974 began to be erected he compelled many of his followers to live with him and he claimed that he was constructing a socialist paradise free of the oppression of the united states government in 1978 reports of people being held against their will and abuse would attract an investigation of the commune when they finally moved out there. And he got most of his followers to follow him to Guyana. It's close to 3,000 people at one point in this town. <clears throat> and then when all these in, like investigations and stuff started coming out, U.S. Representative Leo Ryan would lead an investigation. And then he brought people that were families of some of these members of the People's Temple to Guyana with him to be able to go like check everything out. And the People's Temple put on a show for him. And the, all these people were groomed at this point to basically be, I don't want to say robots, but they were brainwashed to like make it a lot better than what it was. Because the first night they put on a gray show this and that but then a torrential downpour started happening and leo ryan couldn't leave so his associates decided that they were going to go back to the hotel in guyana and then stay the night there before they would catch a plane but at the same time at the dinner one of the the people that was living in the people's temple decided hey 
I need to get out of here before this. I'm gets pretty sure his worse. name was Peter something. I'm pretty sure you're right too. I don't have his name written down. Like uh, I, I should have. Peter, I forget his last name. I'm pretty sure his first name was Pe- Peter Jones. Peter, was it Jones? It's not it Jones. It's not. Peter something. I want to say though, but he had a list of people's names written down. Then he was like, "Will you help us get out of here?" So they slipped it to Ryan, or no, it wasn't Ryan. They slipped the note to. They slipped it to one of the associates that was um. Oh, what was he? He was another political guy. I forgot his name, too. I don't know why I can't remember names right now, but it is what it is. So when the guy got the note, he started, like, getting all worried about it. And then when he went to put it in his pocket, he dropped it. And the kids had been groomed to when they saw this happen, they'd start yelling and be like, he passed a note, he passed a note, he passed a note. So now everybody's aware of this. And Jim Jones was like, playing it cool like people want to leave they can leave even though that was not the case when they had these investigations not there so that night leo ryan was stayed in jonestown no problems nothing when he woke up in the morning i think the next day while he was staying there a gentleman that was part of the people's temple tried an assassination attempt on him and he put a knife to his throat and he was going to kill him but then some of the people that were with leo ryan decided that they were going to jump in and they stopped it from happening and it cut the guy's hand that was going to do the assassination and he got blood all over Leo Ryan and all this. So if you see pictures of, of uh, Congressman Ryan it before they ended up being murdered, you'll see that he's covered in blood, but it's not his own blood. So he ended up getting a group of people that wanted to. Right, there was a film out. crew with Leo Ryan. I'm yeah, it was sure. NBC. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, there was a film crew that went down there with him to film all of this because they wanted to like see they like obviously. I mean, he was big news back in the, the oh yeah early '80s, almost '80s. I don't think it, it ended before the '80s, but the late '70s. And yeah, this was this was a big deal back then. I I don't really even I don't know too much about it. Like. I've heard about this and everything, but I've never done extensive research. He definitely knows a lot more about this than mm-hmm. I do. Um, but it, it is really crazy. Like there, there's people who went on that trip with Leo Ryan and like, like you said, the day after that murder, some uh, of the people that defected actually were not defectors. They were hard for the cause and they pulled out guns when they all boarded the plane to go back, and they fucking lit everybody they up. They killed everyone. Well, they didn't kill everyone. Well, like Some much. people escaped into the woods, but like... If you look at the Leo picture where the plane is, like yeah, there's just they, bodies they, everywhere. They lit it up, and they killed like eight, nine people that were on the plane. So following that is when they returned back to the compound, and Jim Jones heard about it, and he basically was like, all right, it's go time. Like this is this is the day. And this is where it gets really dark. So Jones would carry out his mass murder suicide of nine hundred and nine commune members. Three hundred and four of these people were children. Three hundred and four. So if I'm doing my math right, that's like a little over a third yeah. of the people that were living in this commune. And most of them, not everybody, died from a concoction of cyanide and flavor aid not to be confused with kool-aid it wasn't the kool-aid kids like how everybody gets that misinformed it was flavor aid <laughs> which cyanide and flavor aid still does not sound good so t- 
to put that in perspective, it takes five to 20 minutes to die from taking cyanide. And the reason that they had so much cyanide was because one of the members of the church had gotten a, like a doctor's license or it was some it was some kind of license where he could get large bulk amounts of cyanide and he was saying he was using it for some like cleaning purposes or some some type of other purpose and they ended up using all of that in these giant vats of just flavor aid and poison and then he had everybody join him in his middle like i guess you call it a like um his little convention center yeah yeah that's that's, that's the best the, one i can think of it was too. like a it was like an amplifier design but it really wasn't it was more like a giant it was just warehouse. Like a, yeah it was an open warehouse that had speakers and stuff and then he had everybody line up and then he was on the microphone there is and this is the most chilling part there is a death tape where he's talking to his followers while they were ingesting the cyanide. If, if you've seen our promo video, that's like it's got a small the middle part of the death tape. And it's really ch- chilling. Like you, At this time the death tape is happening, they're handing out this cyanide flavor aid shit. And you can hear children screaming in the background. And you just have to think, like, those are children screaming their last words. Yeah, and that's the thing is they had all of these 304 children go before the adults. So all the adults were Kill, subject watching to either yeah, to, in, to inject this syringe full of poison into their child's mouth. And he, this is where this is real fucked up. Jones said, if you'd like to go with your children, you can ingest it too. And he said that this was humane. How is that any type of humane? And when the kids were screaming and things, he was telling them to shut up, basically. Yeah, he was he's like, like, shut them up. He's like, mothers, 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 calm your children. Like, this this is not the way. This is not the way. And he just, you can just tell that he has lost all sense of reality and good duality, anything that has to do with just being, like, grounded in reality at this point. Because, I mean, it, it's so hard for me or Riley to sit here and be like, how how do you get 900 people to end their lives from what like telling them that this is the right way and he was basically telling them too that there was no other way he Living was, also was not the, them yeah he was saying hurry hurry because he didn't want it to get interrupted basically yeah, he, he wanted to make sure everyone died he kept telling them that the the u.s government or the guyanese government was gonna going be here to any come minute. and torture their children and any shoot minute. them all any minute they'll be here and uh, that it'll be 10 times worse but that was never going to happen if so, anything they were going to come and get him not I, the people i wish they would have so the reasons that he was the way he was was he he started spiraling shortly once they got to San Francisco. So he uh, he began to lose his touch with the reality and his, and he would tell his followers that they needed to relocate because he was seeing visions of like nuclear attacks, um, c- concentration camps. And then he was also beginning to use a lot of amphetamines at this point. So if you see pictures of Jim Jones wearing sunglasses, it's because he was so 
doped out of his mind 90% of the time at this point that his eyes were so bloodshot that you could tell that he was basically like a drug addict at this point. Yeah. And you know what drugs lead to, like paranoia. Like paranoia, yeah, paranoia leads to more paranoia. And then once you start acting paranoid, your followers will start acting paranoid. And it's like a reverberation effect of just nonsensical, like, oh, there's an attack coming. What's going to happen tomorrow? We got to do this. Ah. And we're not saying that everyone that followed him was like totally with him. I'm sure there were plenty of people who followed him that stayed because they were scared to leave. And like there, there was a good majority of the people that were like, I like this lifestyle. I, I that, genuinely yeah, love everybody was. here. Like everybody is good people, but it just goes to show that when you get so Im- immersed in, following somebody's exact words and like getting getting basically to the point to where you're like i can't live my own life i have to live my life for somebody else you've lost touch 100 percent have lost touch he also started to um tell his followers you know like i'm taking your wife to be my sex slave basically and then he was like I'll give you this wife for your wife if she comes to be in my like inner circle because you know as being your leader like I need a release is what he was telling people so he began to really turn into a monster as like as like the evidence is all there where it's like how do people sit back and be like all right I'll let you fuck my wife because this is what the cause needs. This is what we need to get closer to God. You're telling me that Jim Jones needs to perform fellatio on your wife to get closer to God? And I'm not even saying, like, that's all he did. He was also having sex with the male members of the congregation because he's, you want me want me to put it in your butt? Okay. <laughs> and then he would tell the gay members of the their congregation, too, well, you can't be gay here. You can go down to San Francisco and, you know, like, go plow dudes out in the back alleys, but, like, there's there's no gay here. But he was giving it to dudes in their hoo-hahs. Like, ha. That's it, what he that, referred to it as, too, as hoo-hahs or whatever. Or hoops. He's or putting hoops. it in the yeah, hoops. hoops. I mean, I just, it just baffles me. Like, it baffles my mind that you go from being a charity-driven good person who is just interpreting religion to the way that you see it which there's nothing wrong with that there's not but then you spiral so far out of what is good for the actual people to being a fucking monster that's doing all these horrific things right where else do I want to go with this oh there was also these things that led into the suicide or the I, I'm not going to call it suicide anymore. It was a mass murder. He mass murdered 900 people and he would call these these like test runs is probably the best way to say it. White nights. So I'm just going to read out the wiki page on it because this is some really good information and it's it's pretty wild. So Jones paranoia and drug usage increased in Jonestown as he became fearful of a government raid on the commune. Concerned the community would not be able to resist an attack, 
He began holding drills to test their readiness. He called the drills White Knights. Jones would call alert, alert, alert over the community loudspeakers to call the community together in the central pavilion. Armed guards with guns and with crossbows would surround the pavilion. The community members would remain in the pavilion throughout the drill in which Jones told them that their community had been surrounded by agents who were or about to destroy them. Jones led them in prayers, chanting and singing to ward off the impending attack. Sometimes he would have his guards hide in the forest and shoot their firearms to simulate an attack. Jones' terrified followers were only told they were participating in a drill when the event was over. One drill lasted for six days. Like, like we were saying earlier, he loved using fear as a contributing factor for people to continue to follow him and because it only they got felt, worse because they felt safe mm -hmm. because he was at this point he was playing god he was like i he am a spiritual leader he he went as far as to having assassination attempts on himself like literally one one assassination attempt he walked outside his house when he was in either jonestown or san francisco shot his front porch walked back inside and said, I was just shot at to put the fear in the people to think, oh, now we have an enemy, like a common enemy yeah, that's coming to get us. He faked assassination attempts, didn't he? Mm -hmm. he had, one, he had wore a bright yellow shirt. He acted like he got shot. Like he had somebody shoot. I don't know if he actually was shot at or not, or like if he like devised like some like ketchup packet thing. But he ended up having like his son or somebody go off shoot and then one of their dogs chased after the actual gunman and he said no they're over there the complete opposite way and people were just like okay so they went looking for the guy never found the sh the shooter okay and then they were telling people when jones got brought into his his house that he had a a fucking like quarter-sized hole in his chest that you could stick your finger like three knuckles deep into and that it was a terminal wound that he was gonna die and then like an hour later he walked back out there no wound whatever and he's like i healed myself yes and he he used this medicine man effect all the time to try and gain followers like he would set up um what do you want to call them i i would call them like just like rallies almost yeah where like, he was like i'll heal your sick bring them to me yeah he would have people line up that were sick have terminal cancer and all these things and they would eat chicken guts and vomit them back up and he'd be like basically telling them oh they're like they're, they're hurling up their tumors and these were the plants that he brought with him so he was putting plants in these these sick people making it look like they were actually healed right and he was known to show up to rallies that maybe had 10 people with 500 of his own people so that it would look like tons of people showed up for this event when really he just brought all of them like he he was really big on tricking people he was a trickster he really was he was all about his appearance his he all, wanted yeah. to look his superficial like... his superficial appearance to others meant so much more to him than what his actual following was mm -hmm. he could care less if he had ten thousand followers if he could get 500 of his own people to do something for him that was a bigger deal to him he had 27 defectors before the infamous death day defect and he was willing to lose like 10 percent of his actual congregation and he was like this was better than i could ever imagined we had only 27 people defect when i was ready for 300 people to just walk out 
if that's that not just shows brainwashing, you the whole, if, yeah, that just shows you the hold he had on people. Exactly, where it's like people really believed in him, and he let them down so badly. It's insanity to me. So to go back to the White Knights, the drill served to keep members of Jonestown fearful and venturing from venturing outside the commune. Following two visits by the United States Embassy personnel to check the situation in Jonestown and an IRS investigation in early 1978, Jones became increasingly convinced that he, the attack he feared was imminent. In one 1978 White Knight drill, Jones told his followers he was going to distribute poison for everyone to drink in an act of suicide. A batch of fruit punch was served to everyone in the pavilion who sat weeping and waiting for their death. After some time passed, Jones informed his followers that it was only a drill and there was not any poison in their drink. Through the White Knights, Jones convinced his followers at the Central Intelligence Agency, or convinced that the followers at the Central Intelligence Agency was actively working to destroy their community and conditioned to accept suicide as a means of escape. So he was grooming these people for this event, for, for exactly what he planned to do and what he did this was always the end for his i almost feel like in san francisco before he even brought them to guyana he was like this is it this is what we're gonna do to get revenge on the american government even though there's no real reason to have done it like they really didn't give two shits about jim jones and i think when you listen to the death tape the final words that he says before he ends up did he shoot himself there's a or lot of there's, there's a lot of back and forth on that. He either shot himself or he had one of his armed guards shoot him because, because he couldn't he, take the suicide. He was too much himself. of a pussy to do the cyanide himself. But this is the last thing he says: We didn't commit suicide. We committed an act of revo- revolutionary suicide, protesting the conditions of a inhumane world. The world wasn't that. I mean, it was bad, but it wasn't that bad. The 70s was a very tumultuous, wild time to be alive. But it wasn't as bad as you think. Like, it just wasn't. Like, you could still live. You could make a living. You could have a happy life. Right. And people left all the freedoms of America to go to South America and create this compound that they didn't even know where it was, really. They didn't know where they were going to be going to and they showed up and it was the middle of the fucking rainforest it was a barren fucking and the thing was he told all his followers that we're gonna go become farmers like sustain off the land and this and that and he was showing pictures to everybody of like fruit and like all kinds of like like food and stuff and he went and bought it basically at a circle k in guyana because the ground was so unfertilized and uncultivated that you couldn't grow anything there so he was literally like Again, yeah. tricking, tricking people with his superficial thinking. And then when everybody got to jo- to Jonestown, they were working twelve hour days. They were they were doing everything from like like cutting the field, like and building. Let's the not forget off, when they had this compound in San Francisco and his uh, small growing that started in Indiana. People were working a normal job and then going to his commune and giving him everything th- every single penny of their paycheck to him and these people too when they were in jonestown they were working 12 hour days being 
like just grinded down to nothing and then you had to go sit through a sermon at like one in the morning for jones completely off his fucking rocker like high off his fucking gullet sitting there just babbling away for hours to them and while they were working you know what he would do he'd have all the speakers that were wired up in his compound play more of his fucking delusional talks do you know what that makes me think of far cry five Oh, okay. It actually does give me those vibes. A little bit, yeah. I'm pretty sure they used him as, like, an influence. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. That would make a lot of sense. Like, the main cultist of Far Cry 5 is almost exactly like Jim Jones. Like, you go anywhere in the town, all you hear is him preaching about how everyone else is unholy, and he's the most holiest. And he, he basically was telling everybody, like... If you want me to be your friend, I'll be your friend. If you want me to be your father, I'll be your father. If you want me to be your God, well, then I'm your God. He was like, I'll be whatever you want me to be. Just do what I say. Just just follow me. Just blindly follow me. He was, at, at some points, he was letting his congregation police their own by just letting them be other people into submission and using that fear tactic where he'd right. be like, I don't give two fucks. If someone like, spoke out against him, they would just get their ass beat by the other people because there was no law there. Or they had this fucking box, like a four by six box. And they would lock people in there like a fucking isolation box and then be like, well, now how do you feel? And it's like, you are literally putting people into camps. Like, you're the one that's fucking everything destroying he, people's ev- Yeah, everything that he said people should be... F- fearful of he was doing he was doing to them that giant agency that was going to come kill them all well you were in it like basically jonestown was that agency that was coming to kill you he also this is this is more funny like it's not funny but it is but it was there was a lot of young people like young children and there was also a lot of elderly people there wasn't a lot of like young like blooded middle-aged people but he would have boxing competitions between these people and he would put kids up against elderly people so he'd be like hey jimmy go over there and beat patricia's ass like go box her of course the kid's gonna win because he's gonna whoop some old lady's ass but it's like this is the shit that they would do for him and they wouldn't bat an eyelash they'd just be like okay and he was their form of entertainment I'm pretty sure there was no other like outside source of entertainment. Like if you, there was no like watching TV or listening to the radio, if you wanted to listen to something, you were listening to him. If you wanted to watch something, you were staying up late at night and listening to his fucking high on ramblings till four in the morning. <laughs> like, I mean, I it's just crazy to me to think it. that something like this actually existed, that this event actually and happened. And this isn't the only one. That's the fucking crazy part. Like, there are other instances. There's cults like this going on right now. Yeah. There was one recently where their their leader died. And instead of, like, letting the police or mortician know or, like, embalming the body and, like, laying him to rest, they fucking wrapped him up with Christmas tree lights and used him like a fucking Christmas tree. Oh, yeah, and, I heard about that. Yeah, and this was really recent. This was in, the like, last two years. And they fucking, like, that. would go and worship his dead body in their fucking living room while his body just rotted away this this is the type of shit that still goes on to this day like i don't understand people's thought process that leads them to go this is what god wants 
I don't get it. I just, I will never understand. I will never be able to wrap my mind around the fact that you will follow somebody so blindly into debt. So, there's a lot more. <laughs> there, there is a lot more. It, that's the crazy part. Like, this is just, this isn't just it. So, how we said most people died of the cyanide poisoning and whatnot. Some people that wouldn't take the cyanide would be shot. They would have been shot and killed. Others were forcefully injected with needles in their arms because there was evidence of fucking syringes with bent needles that had been jammed into people to in fucking literally like and then put flavor aid and cyanide into your bloodstream so you would die. And then the the pictures you see afterwards are just fucking haunting. They're so haunting. It's it's, it's honestly it's like you watch so documentaries bad. on this and you you look at pictures and you're just like this is like a nightmare. Like literally a, a nightmare that it's actually happened. It's a movie. Like if you tell if you ask me it literally feels like there's a movie going on and this is all fake. Has to be fake. Right, you wouldn't think you would ever see a picture with 900 bodies like side by side by side by side by side, basically on top of each other in mm-hmm. one single area. It wasn't like these people were spread out amongst the com- compound. No, they were all in that. They were in the vicinity of the fucking temple that they were using. Like It wasn't very, very spread out. Like Yes, there were other people that were... That would stumble out and then be like probably like closer to their houses, their dens or huts or whatever you want to call them. One person lived from hiding in a ditch the whole time. Another person lived from literally sleeping through it. Like yeah. that's the crazy part is like not everybody that was there died that day. So we have accounts of people like recounting what had gone on there. That's why we have so much information on it. Yeah, because not everyone died. Like I said, there were about 3,000 people that were living in Jamestown at this time. What's even crazier to me is how much money he was able to amass into i'm pretty sure when i looked up the amount like i got it right here yeah 7.3 million dollars were found in his secretary 29 million in today's money that's how much that's how much like capital that they had amassed over and in their foreign years. banks there was six hundred eighty thousand because he, he wanted to give money careers. to russia yeah he was gonna to give, give to money to Soviets, russia yep. so this is also pretty interesting uh, and Jones recorded the entire death ritual on audio tape. So you can actually go listen to this audio tape on YouTube. Um, Jones told the temple. Pe- I got it right here. Do you really? Oh, boy. Like, we can just play a little bit of this for you if we want. Once it loads. See how It might not sound is. that great because it's on my laptop. It also me. isn't. There's some reverb in it. Like, it's also an old quality cassette tape. Um, while that's while that's going, uh, Jones said we can check with Russia to see if they'll take us immediately. Otherwise, we die. He he basically didn't give them an option. He just said, "This is it. We die. We die here." The one that I listened to is that one. I understand and wish to proceed. <laughs> just to give you guys an idea. And he sounds like a lunatic. And 
Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Mm. Just tell he was just on so many. At, yeah, at this point too, I'm pretty sure they found him with a massive amount of drugs in the system. More than enough to kill like two people. Like a normal person that isn't super like, like you know, like done this a lot type shit. Pretty sure he was threatening someone's life there. Skip more to like the like right about there. They took us and put us in chains, and that's nothing. This, this is nothing. That, that, there's no comparison. He's just rambling. They robbed us of our land, and they've taken us and driven us, and we tried to find ourselves. We tried to find a new beginning, but it's too late. You can't separate yourself from your brother and your sister. Insanity. No way I'm going to do it. I, I refuse. I don't know who fired the shot. I don't know who killed the congressman. But as far as I'm concerned, I hey, killed Jenna, if you you're on here watching, can you hear the audio of this really well or no? So he was basically almost admitting to a murder right there. I don't care who shot the congressman. As far as I'm concerned, I shot the congressman. He was telling everybody, too, like the night before, like, I'll fucking kill him. I'll fucking kill the defectors. Like, fuck them. If I had the chance, I'd kill him. But that's not what I that's not what we want. That's not what we should do. But I fucking kill him right now. And it's like, you're just. You're going in such a circle, leading people to think the wrong things, and like, grew like how I said earlier, they're grooming these people to literally be monsters themselves. Which it's unfortunate that these people lost sight of their own humanity, because that's exactly what happened. Is he he had twisted their thoughts so much that he basically just took away that their own thought process he, and he thought took for a, them. He took away their free will, man. He crippled these people into believing that his way was the only way, and that I mean, he was going to save Jim them. Jones like it's the, was the God. there's a there's a term for it. It's the Messiah effect, where someone believes that they're a savior, and the only way that they can be saved is if they follow them. That's like me and Trevor saying, "Oh, the only way to live your life is through us. If you don't live your life through us, then there's no other way." I want all of you to go out and make pipe bombs. <laughs> and put That's them not what we're saying. Wait a minute. <laughs> there, there's also, this is also a really interesting fact. This resulted in the greatest single loss of American civilian life in a deliberate act until September 11th, 2001. And this didn't even happen in America. It happened in Guyana to a bunch of Americans. And the thing was... Well, it did happen in an America, just well, not also, the United States. What's wild to me is that the Guyanese soldiers that were there saw ryan and his his like his little group of people get shot at and they didn't do anything because they were like if we get involved this is going to be a political crisis for guyana and america because now we just killed american citizens so they just let it happen and they weren't uh, what were they anything. what were they supposed to do though exactly you know? like what what do you do do you go kill the people that are killing the other americans and then well, now we have a national crisis on our hands because, because Americans what, just died. What happens the hands if you people. go in and you kill Jim Jones, thinking, "Okay, yes, we go in, we kill this guy, and then they have no one to follow." Well, who's to say now they're not going to believe every fucking thing that he said? That all these agencies are going to come and kill you? Now they think, "Oh my God, you're the bad guy. We need to kill you." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you, there's no win there. There isn't, and. Like, the only way this could have ended is the way he wanted it to end, unfortunately. And that's 
that's a so massacre. sad. It ended it's in a so massacre. sad. Like it, it's so sad to see these images and to see this film and to listen to this death tape and to hear these kids screaming in the background and just everything like like Jenna says here in the comments if you never heard this before and this is the first time you're ever hearing anyone talk about this event we're not describing a movie this is real life this actually happened people's mothers were feeding their infants poison because they were following the disillusional fucking ramblings of a man that thought he was a higher being than us and it's not the only time this has happened. That's the craziest part to me. And I think we will continue. Like, we talked about cultists before. We had a whole episode on it. I think we're going to continue to dive into these. I'd really like to do Waco. Because like, like, Waco is another another big one that was on American soil. And it was, instead of it being botched by the cultists, it was botched by the American government. So it's like, th- there's a lot of, like, discrepancy between these yeah, cults. Yeah, maybe we'll even do the Christmas light cult. Yep. That's what I'm calling it. I don't know what anyone else is calling it. But. I don't know what to call that one either. <laughs> Other than, like, there's also um, the Children of Thunder. Like, that one was wild where they went and just started killing people because they believed that God told them to. Like, there, there is a lot. And then um, there's another one, too. Um, the one that followed the Hale-Bopp Comet, and they all uh, killed themselves as well. And there was, like, 34 of them. I forgot what the names of those people were. Oh no, it's gonna bother me. But yeah, there there is a lot of instances of groups of people that are just out of touch uh, that just think that and they're. There's above a lot us. you can watch on this too, because like we said, there's the multiple documentaries people are that survive, and you can listen to people's testimonies about what the experience was of being there and seeing this happen with their own eyes. And it, like we said, it, I mean, it's just as terrifying talking about it, but like hearing someone that was actually there talk about it sheds a whole new light on it i i really think that if you haven't heard of this at least watch a documentary go watch something on it i'm definitely like this talking about it now has definitely piqued my interest more into it and i want to learn more about it because i mean we could sit and probably scratch the surface we just gave you like the big hitters of what was in this like because there's a lot more like little nuanced things of like his earlier life like what he really really did in san francisco like more about the life that they lived in guyana like where it started in indiana we we just that's a whole thing the big topics that was like this is the big stuff i mean we're we're trying to condense this so we don't have a seven hour episode talking about this where we're just spitting facts down your throat that's not us. That's not what we do. <laughs> and there wasn't a whole lot of comedy in this one. You know, this this is, is very hard to make fun of. <laughs> yeah, this is this is definitely a more like serious. This note is probably episode. one of the darkest ones we've done. I definitely think it's one of the darker episodes we've ever done, considering the death, the, the horror that this man was. Like, this is a real monster. Like we talk real about life villain and all that. This is real a life real villain. life monster. Like, there was no good in this man. No, you he could, might he might, he might have, have meant good, good intentions, but good intentions did like not all cult, cultists. There's good intentions behind it, but there's always something that drives someone to the brink of no return. There always is, and whether it be because they think they're God themselves, which 
he portrayed like hugely like he said he wore sunglasses because he looked into the eyes of god and if he was to take them off he would blind you blind you like he had light beams of heaven coming through his eyes when he was really just doped out of his mind and he he looked like fucking crack and he didn't want you to see his bloodshot giant pupils (laughs) like it's just crazy wild Jenna actually brought this to my attention, and I thought this would be also another good topic for maybe one day. The dude that went to Electric Forest and then went disappeared and hasn't been found since, and they they said he might have been abducted by one of those calls that I've goes there. I've seen the van, yeah, yeah. And we, that, if you've been to Electric Forest, us. more or less, you've seen this van. It's a hippie van. It's a hippie van. It's like a giant mobile home, but it has like the sign on the side of it. I forget what the sign says, but like. You walk by it and they they welcome you in like there's, yeah they like, come check out our our, yeah, our stuff. Pretty like, sure I've been on the van before. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have too, and I'm glad I didn't get taken. Because I mean that's another one where it's very interesting. Where it's like that's all speculation, but like Jenna had a good point where it's like no, they're they're a full fledged cult, and they still go around to this day to like music festivals and stuff like that to recruit people. And that's that's basically what Jim Jones was doing. He was going to these religious groups of meetings and stuff and poaching people and getting people to follow him by preaching their message, but like tailoring and it to what people And on top of that, he was hear. showing up with his own followers. So people are already going, oh, my God, look at this guy. Like so many people are following him. I have maybe I'm lost direction in my life. Well, if I follow him now, maybe I'll be able to find my direction like all these other people did. Like you got to think of it too, mm-hmm. like how – the mindset of these people that do follow him is more or less they're probably lost in life. Jim Jones was sending people out into these crowds and he was having people listening to other people's conversations and getting the information relayed back to him so he could go talk to these people and make it seem like he was who he really was. But he was lying about all of it. He was like, like checking people's mail when it would come to Guyana and he would censor everything. So he, he had an ear in everybody's business and that's how people really lost their way thinking oh he's the real deal because he knew information before them even mm-hmm. though it was meant for them not him it's just it's insane it's insane i don't i i like to say that i don't think i would ever become a cult member because i think i am coherent enough to be like no dude you're you're spitting gibberish at me but like at the same time, You're like, if someone I've never comes been in that you, situation. if someone comes to you and is saying everything you need to hear, exactly, how like, then how do you react? How do you react? Are you just gonna go, ah, no, nah, I'm good, I'm good, or are you gonna go, damn, this sounds really good. This it's almost too good he to could be true. Help me, like everything this person is saying is how I feel. Mm-hmm. And then once you get to that emotion, these people know and can see where you're at and they just know how to grab you and and get you in their locks whether i don't know how these music festival cults do it but like what if it's uh, i just i feel really lost and i'm having drug problems well hey come to our commune we'll help we'll help you we'll get you a job you'll be working you you won't have to worry about money you'll be Mm -hmm. taken care of your food will be provided for you your home will be provided for you You don't have the stress of bills like that's the kind of things i feel like they're saying to people Mm -hmm. and if you're someone that's financially strained you're lost in life you're constantly struggling you're looking for the outlet you're looking for that outlet and then boom it's just there like all all i have to do is sit on this bus i don't have to worry about anything ever again yeah i'm in it's so wild It, it is so wild I I just it's so and hard it, to fathom. I, and then like it comes to show you that like 
not everyone has the connection that we have with our families. Some right. people are totally disconnected from their family. So disappearing isn't seem as big of a deal to them. Mm -hmm. But in the people in their families' lives, it's a huge deal. They love them. They don't right. want to see them gone. Like, it, But it makes sense of why people would do this because of the opportunity is there. You're told your entire life. Here's your scapegoat. You're, you taking if the opportunity comes knocking on your door and you think it's going to be beneficial for your life to follow it we're not told that always that that opportunity might not be positive which i'm sure many of us in our lives have experienced something that yeah it was a great opportunity but mm -hmm. was it positive in the end no it wasn't I've gone through my own mental struggles where and i sunk therapy i i I didn't know where to go, and I was so lost in my own mindset that I was like, there is no escaping this reality of what I'm in. And I, I guess, like, once you hit your lowest point, like, there's only two options, which is go follow, lower. Yeah, either go lower and follow out. somebody else to the brink of, like, losing yourself or digging yourself back out of that hole. And it's sad to see that a lot of people, when they hit their lowest points, are like, I have no option but to follow the the blindly somebody else who's gonna do everything for me, which it's 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 tragic, but it happens a lot. It does, and it's probably happening to someone right now, which is unfortunate. And I hope let let this be a lesson for for all of us. Seek help. To like seek help. seek help, and if you're struggling with anything in life, just know that there's people out there that care about you, and they want to hear your struggles because just saying it to someone can help you it really can whether it be a, a psychologist or your friend or your parents maybe even someone you don't know people care be willing to be open and accept that people want to listen to you now the advice you get in return do with it which you will yeah it's not like straight up like oh i have to live by these rules like no it's how you interpret it and how you want to go about using that information right the only person who knows what's best for you is yourself. Yep. Listen to your inner self. Like your inner self will and always look out for you. If it's to join a cult, then I'm not going to stop you. I'm not Just saying joining a cult is bad. Don't do the suicide. <laughs> That's all I got to say. If someone's don't do telling that. you to drink the Kool-Aid, unless you're a Detroit Lions fan, don't drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Just don't ever drink the Kool-Aid. If somebody says, hey, follow me to the ends of the earth and we're going to go jump on a comet that's flying past on this day say thanks for everything you provided me but i gotta go I, check please <laughs> like, i'm out Bring check i'll follow like, the next one I, i'm good i'm good you guys did everything you could for me i feel better now but i gotta go because i mean i you don't know everybody struggles like people struggle with like different things and i'll be right back you just I'll you have to good but like we were just saying like seek help seek therapy seek friends find your outlet just don't do anything brash. All right. So I think it's about time we wrap this episode up since we're creeping. Yeah, I'm our starting to lose my like mind on the whole like death side but of all of this. We promised recently on our Facebook page that we were going to give a brief debut of the Bumpies Awards. Woo! So these are not finished yet. Okay? Four episodes, people. So don't hate on them because all I did was one thing so far to them. They're still but cool. these will eventually become the bumpies and you can kind of imagine what we're probably going to do with some brown dolls <laughs> you know voodoo rituals <laughs> yeah we might be doing some dark voodoo things with them but no seriously we're going to make these look really freaking awesome and you're going to have a chance to win one and it's going to come in its own 
what goes bump the night divic box yeah. we're not locking a demon in it we promise so what i'm gonna it's do is pluck some like, of my hair yeah. put it in there with it you know maybe like no, a little blood dripple <laughs> it's gonna be full of a bunch of what goes bump the night goodies maybe a t-shirt and some other things too like stickers and some other merch but it's gonna be really freaking awesome and super excited you can win one and to enter all we're gonna ask you to do is to freaking like and share like and share that's it that's it we're I'll gonna post go, a comment probably even with... go as far as saying just like it and yeah. then just please share it yeah, <laughs> like yeah. please we'll like if you want to win this all you have to do is like or just send us a message saying hey i want to win the voodoo doll we'll put You're you in. in there and this will be probably a post of like just these two things and literally you just like it and you can enter or give us a comment in this video you'll ent be entered get some so, free shit people we're gonna like, be really want. lenient on people entering how they enter because nobody really ever wants <laughs> more people to get a chance to win this other than our really close friends because it seems like we're biased yep we're not biased i swear to god if some random person that i've never met a day in my life says hey i want to enter and then you win fuck yeah you won i don't want to just give jenna everything <laughs> and then you might be wondering why are these two clowns wearing matching shirts well that's because my muskegon voyagers we have won two of five games in the championship and we'll be playing game three in detroit this weekend to hopefully clinch the series and get our second back cup to back, back to back two ships. rings we're gonna be looking fly with some diamonds so yeah that's just we're just showing some some love for the team so give us a good luck in the comments give us a like get yourself entered into the voodoo doll contest get yourself entered in the 10,000 download t-shirt contest you're slowly creepy well not slowly like we're fucking flying towards it it's yeah, fucking we're flying insane. towards it so we'll be there before you know it and if you don't get a chance to win it like that's that's on you not us so also go check out our latest youtube paranormal investigation of the nunica cemetery because yes. it was a lot of fun the video is a one compared to what we put out before and i'm very happy with the way it turned out yes and we'll have some investigations coming up really soon very and soon again we'll also like to give a shout out to travis mcleod who would be our new film guy so shout out to you travis Thanks, and buddy. joining us to help us out so expect some really awesome content coming from us in the future of course you can find us on youtube podbean spotify apple amazon audacity pandora iHeartRadio, wherever you find your podcasts and remember folks to keep your ears and eyes open for what really goes bump in the night bye guys bye don't drink the kool-aid don't drink the kool-aid we'll flavor it but don't drink it <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>